0: Welcome back to Collector's Closet, presented by The Ohio Lottery. Let's discuss my newest prize possession, this new $10 scratch-off, the $500,000 platinum jackpot. The best method I've found so far to help it hold its value is to vacuum seal it. This thing cannot get scratched. What's that? Sorry, my producer's telling me the only way it could be worth up to 500 grand is if I do scratch it? Okay, well, in that case, definitely don't overprotect your $500,000 platinum jackpot scratch-offs. Play them. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly.
1: Hi, I'm Blair. Wanna hear something scary? Join me as I read the creepiest urban legends, folk tales, and ghost stories that I learn on my travels around the world and that we receive from listeners like you. But only if you think you can handle it. Listen on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, sweet screams. There's a new class of blockbuster drugs. Drugs like Ozempic. The Hungarian Aluminum Production and Trade Company never thought they had any cause for concern. They had been depositing waste, a caustic red sludge, into the same reservoir since the 1960s.
0: During the last inspection of the reservoir, which sat a few miles outside the small rural village of Devecer, Hungary, it was reported that nothing untoward was observed. They believed the sludge was kept a fair distance from human life and that the waste, a substance that could burn through skin, wasn't all that toxic anyway.
1: But the summer of 2010 had been unusually wet. With each day of rain, the soil foundation of the caustic waste pond shifted, pushing at the walls that held the toxic slime in place.
0: October 4th, 2010 was the first dry morning in days. But the last stretch of inclement weather had finally been too much for the reservoir to handle. At 12.35 in the afternoon, the dam broke. Toxic waste burst forth in waves that rose two meters, heading right for the town of Devacher.
1: Welcome to Natural Disasters, a ParCast original. I'm your host, Kate.
0: And I'm Tim. Every Thursday, we'll explore the moments in history when the natural world turned deadly. You can find all episodes of Natural Disasters and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. To stream Natural Disasters for free on Spotify, just open the app and type Natural Disasters in the
1: search bar. At ParCast, we are grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network.
0: This is our first of two episodes on a toxic flood in Devacher, Hungary on October 4th, 2010. The concrete walls of a waste reservoir from a nearby aluminum plant broke after days of heavy rain in the area. In an ecological disaster of epic proportions, the flood damaged bridges, lifted cars, and wiped out hundreds of homes.
1: This week, we'll follow the missteps taken before the dam burst and what happened when the flood began. We'll also see how the newly minted town mayor took matters into his own hands to rescue the village he grew up in.
0: Next week, we'll see how the town of Devichere rebuilt itself after the disaster and how the aluminum company responsible had to reckon with the damages.
1: Devacer is a rural valley town in Hungary, about a two hour drive from Budapest. It's marked by its charming cream colored homes with arched doorways and clay shingled roofs. Old halls with spires and churches that bring to mind the Eastern Europe of storybooks sit along cobbled, tree lined roads.
0: But behind the idyllic facade, there was socio political strife. Officially settled in the year 1297, Devicere was conquered multiple times by successive empires, including the Ottomans.
1: During the Austro-Hungarian Empire, Devicere became a fiefdom. In World War II, it was under Nazi control before being overtaken by Russia's Red Army. Soviet troops remained stationed in Hungary until the early 90s.
0: From an economic standpoint, by the 60s, Devachar was not a thriving place to live or work. Businesses were quiet, and homes were left to deteriorate as the job market dwindled. But the townspeople took pride in their community, in spite of its slow social and commercial progress.
1: Neighbors spent hours together chatting and listening to the radio. They tried to ignore the Soviet government propaganda fed to them over the airwaves, living contentedly within their quiet daily lives.
0: The nearby town of Akya, however, was on the cutting edge of industry. Factories and plants overtook the area in a boom of production. The Hungarian Aluminum Production and Trade Company was one such business.
1: Aluminum is processed from a material called bauxite, It's a raw substance that's dug out from deep underground, then washed with hot sodium hydroxide to extract the aluminum. This is called the Bayer process, which was developed in the 19th century.
0: The byproduct from the Bayer process is a mixture of solids aptly called red mud. It contains heavy metals like cadmium, cobalt, and lead. It can be difficult to figure out what to do with all the red mud, especially because it's radioactive.
1: For decades, the factory deposited waste into the reservoir they built nearby, a few miles from Devacher. The byproduct that rested in the waste dump was a vicious liquid, thick, red, and filled with metal oxide. Imagine a kind of poisonous, blood-colored swimming pool.
0: The substance also created a red sheen on the surrounding dirt. When the top film of the sludge would dry, dust was formed, a dust unsafe for human lungs.
1: The company believed the container to be well tucked away from daily life and the sludge itself to be safely enclosed. They weren't worried about pedestrian chemical exposure.
0: Containment ponds are built to last through any kind of weather, so they don't commonly break at least not when the proper regulations are followed. But the fact of the matter is, at Hungarian aluminum, those safety regulations were reportedly ignored.
1: The containment pond was inspected with some regularity to ensure the structure of the dam was sound and strong. However, later analysis showed that the walls of the dam had been weakening for a long time the exterior structure shifted over a centimeter yearly, creating uneven and unstable walls that were bound to burst. But somehow this had gone unnoticed, or unnoted, in any of the inspections.
0: Along with the shifting structure, the reservoir was overfilled. The levels of toxic substances in the pond were much greater than the legal limit.
1: It would never be clear just how much the company knew about the impending danger of the sludge pond. But Greenpeace stated in a report that the toxic flood could be "...directly linked to human negligence, to ignoring signs, severe omissions, and issues of liability."
0: The people of devacher would bear the brunt of the aluminum company's disastrous negligence. No one in the town could have guessed the havoc that the sludge would wreak.
1: The red mud had been building up for almost 50 years in this one-waste reservoir, and the autumn of 2010 had been a particularly wet season in Devacher. That rain was the last straw for the weakening walls of the waste pit.
0: Things in town had been normal on the morning of October 4, 2010. School was in session, shops were open, and the traditions of autumn were underway.
1: Tomás Towaldi had been awake to see the sunrise that morning. A lifelong resident of Devichair, the 58-year-old wasn't an early riser. He had been up all night celebrating his win as the town's new mayor. Little did he know, his first day would bring a challenge of epic proportions.
0: Later on, going into the bright early afternoon, Tomás was now sleeping off his celebratory hangover. Other townspeople were outside on midday walks, having lunch and simply going about their days.
1: Around 12.35 p.m. that afternoon, the soil foundation of the containment pond shifted forcefully. The reservoir cracked with an unstoppable burst.
0: In an instant, 35 million cubic feet of waste came rushing toward the town from the Red Mud Lake just a few miles away. All over town, the caustic waves lifted cars from where they were parked in driveways.
1: The current cracked and toppled bridges. The liquid surged through windows, filling sinks and bathtubs, sending personal items floating through living rooms like ducks on a pond. The Soviet-style apartments and the fragile windows of old Baroque buildings were no match for the waves.
0: The residents of Devacher, who happened to be outdoors, saw liquid surge through the winding streets with the violent strength of a mini-tsunami. Some were swept in the current, others scurried to elevation. People ran up the steps of their porches to balance on railings or sought refuge in trees from the violent, blood-colored river.
1: Others tried to climb up to their rooftops as the height of the sludge reached six feet the unnatural red color hinted immediately that whatever this was, it wasn't safe.
0: Coming up, we'll see how the people of Devacher grapple with the unexpected. Now back to the story.
1: At 12.35 p.m. on October 4th, 2010, a surge of toxic waste came barreling towards the town of Devecer, Hungary. In an instant, the ordinary autumn day became a race for survival.
0: A local child was playing at home when the flood came rushing towards the house. When it hit, the sludge almost reached the ceiling.
1: In a moment of brave clarity, the child ran fast climbing up a tree near the house, and jumping onto the roof to safety. They stood watching with a pounding heart, out of breath, as the red mud engulfed the family home. Gone were the bikes left in the yard, and the flowers their mother had planted below the windows.
0: There were other residents who responded with similar bravery and speed. According to a story in the New York Times, An elderly couple had been home, enjoying the day together, when their windows shattered from the flood. Waves of rusty sludge pummeled inside. Their furniture was consumed. Pictures fell from the walls. The sound of dishes breaking and shelves collapsing was deafening. The couple believed they were meeting a hellish end.
1: Filled with adrenaline, the old husband hurled his body towards his wife. Grasping onto her waist and lifting her above the mud, he pushed her towards a broken window so she could balance there, safe from the horrible, mysterious substance that devoured their home.
0: His selfless act came at a price. The sludge badly burned the elderly man's legs, and he had to be rushed to the hospital.
1: He was hardly the only person to suffer from the toxic sludge. Those who came into contact with the substance immediately learned the most horrifying characteristic of the red mud. Because the pH levels were so high from the mixture of natural and processed chemicals, it burned through skin. For some, it created wounds the size of small frisbees. For others, it burned their flesh right to the bone. The metallic, bitter aluminum waste seeped into their mouths and splattered on their limbs. Like the detritus of a bomb.
0: And there was more danger to consider than simply skin contact. The accompanying dust flew into people's lungs, making it nearly impossible to breathe.
1: Residents tried their best to get to hospitals, but the river of sludge kept many of them stuck in place. Roads were in disrepair. They were paralyzed with confusion, helpless against the onslaught.
0: The sludge didn't stop with injuries either an elderly woman drowned in the waves. In one home in the adjacent village of Kolontar, a toddler was taken under the current and killed. The child's siblings struggled to breathe as the polluted residue filled the air. Their mother could only look on helplessly.
1: The whole family suffered burns from the sludge, and one of her children would have permanent lung damage. The mother would later tell news sources that she believed her family was cursed.
0: A 35-year-old man driving along the road saw the blood-colored water rushing towards him as he drove. He had no time to think or move. When the wave hit his car, it was overturned and destroyed. He didn't survive.
1: In total, 10 lives would be lost in the catastrophe. 150 more would sustain terrible injuries.
0: The damage made the town unrecognizable, Homes and businesses caved in and left nothing behind but piles of rubble. Plant life was destroyed, soil eroded, and trees toppled. Barns collapsed, and businesses lost their inventory.
1: Not everyone experienced firsthand the initial horror of the poisonous flood. It was still just beginning its deadly progress through town.
0: Mayor Tomas woke that early afternoon, still groggy from his victory celebration, to the incessant ringing of his phone. He had received a torrent of calls and voicemails. He looked outside and saw the sludge painting over the town.
1: He watched cars float by, overturned. Broken pieces of lawn furniture plummeted down hills in waves of red. Townspeople screamed out in terror, certain their lives were over. Pedestrians were taken into the current like leaves. They reached out, grabbing for benches and fence posts.
0: Tomas' phone continued to ring. When he snapped to the present moment, finally picking up a call, he began to comprehend what was going on. The waste reservoir at the aluminum company had collapsed and it was causing a horrific calamity. Many were injured, others were missing.
1: His first day as mayor would be a baptism by fire.
0: Soon, red mud was slapping at the walls and windows of Tomás' home. His house's six-inch concrete foundation stood strong against the lethal forces, but he knew that hundreds of homes across the village would not be so lucky.
1: He quickly answered calls from constituents, family, and friends, assuring them that he would take immediate action. But the truth was, He didn't know a thing about what he was dealing with.
0: Was the worst over after the initial tidal wave an hour before? Had it just begun? He had no answers, but he did have a plan, thank God.
1: Tomás had managed large-scale, high-stake operations in the past. He worked as an agricultural commissioner, trading cattle and eventually running his own farm. As a younger man, he was drafted into the army, where he managed a unit of 100 soldiers. And while these experiences were helpful references, it's also true that none of it prepared him for cleaning up a toxic flood.
0: In many ways, it was a situation Tomás should never have had to contend with. Unlike a purely natural disaster, the poisonous flow in Devacher could have been prevented.
1: But safety procedures had been willfully ignored by Malziert, the company managing the plant. It was reported after the flood that the amount of byproduct kept in the reservoir was two times the limit.
0: The 264 million gallons that came rushing through the town with lethal velocity that day was far too much for the reservoir to hold in the first place. While the burst was sudden, The breaking down of the reservoir walls was a small and slow process that happened over the course of years.
1: What remained of the original construction was examined after the break, and it was found to be poorly built and maintained. This was only made worse by the overfilling.
0: Had the company adhered to regulations, a new reservoir would have been built for the refuse years before the disaster took place, Environmentalists commented in the aftermath that the company had put profit before safety with catastrophic results.
1: The toxicity of the mud, with a pH they were soon to learn burned flesh and filled lungs with a cancerous dust, was also far over the level permissible for a waste area. The people of Devacher should have been made aware they were living in such close proximity to deadly toxins.
0: But the severity of these oversights would not be brought to light until far too late. While the aluminum company had assigned employees to regulate and monitor the waste, their inspections were clearly not thorough or accurate. And yet, after the dam burst, they stated that management could not have noticed the signs of the natural catastrophe nor done anything to prevent it even while carefully respecting technological procedures.
1: If you look at the inspection logs, that would appear to be true. In the time leading up to the disaster, misleading information had been written down, claiming there were no signs of breakdown or overuse. The last inspection before the disaster reported that there was nothing untoward in the structure. Either the company had no accurate way of appraising the potential dangers or, the realities were willfully and repeatedly ignored.
0: Beyond that, according to Greenpeace, during their initial public statements, the company cited test results from a decade before the disaster that stated the red mud was not toxic. While they acknowledged the damages of the flood itself, the CEO of the company said the mud posed no major health risk and it did not pose any threat to the environment.
1: These statements were soon retracted when the mud was proven to burn people to the bone. Still, in the weeks following, the people of Devichair didn't receive any factual information about the lasting dangers of the substance.
0: Clearly, the town couldn't rely on the company's management to take charge of a rescue initiative, but help was coming. Mayor Tomas paused for a stolen minute between the constant calls to make some decisions as the flood raged on.
1: There was little Tomás could do other than keep calm and take action. People were looking to him for solutions.
0: His first outbound call was to his wife, Irma, a math teacher, to tell her to stay put at school with her students. Once he ensured her safety, Tomas's next calls were to his farming friends. He knew local farmers and construction workers had access to big machinery— bulldozers, tractors, and large-scale diggers could be useful in the rescue efforts.
1: He asked them all to get whatever tools and machines they had access to, dress in layers, and forge into the caustic sludge to help save the townspeople.
0: Meanwhile, local firefighters were doing the same. Tomas's crew joined alongside them in pulling frightened and injured residents from windows and rescuing kids who were balanced on rooftops.
1: Families gathered together on dry ground just outside of town, trying to piece together what was going on. Those who couldn't find their loved ones were frantic with fear, praying their families had survived the flood.
0: Coming up, we'll see how the world responded to Devacher's disaster. Now, back to the story.
1: After the toxic flood on October 4th, 2010, around 400 residents of Devacher were forced to evacuate immediately. The injury count was rising, and the burn victims needed medical attention.
0: These were the issues that kept Mayor Tomás Twaldi in constant motion. Tomás worked with officials in nearby towns to find food and housing for people whose homes had been destroyed or severely damaged. They were quickly able to set up shelters and find residents willing to house the displaced.
1: He coordinated with police forces and outside workers who were called in to help with rescue efforts, maintain order, and treat wounds. Using high-pressure water hoses, they redirected the sludge from roadways so people could move semi-safely through the town.
0: But there was worry amongst officials that things could take a turn at any moment and residents might riot or refuse to evacuate. Mayor Tomas had confidence that the people of Devichair would cooperate, but the situation was already slipping out of his control.
1: His actions were punctuated by constant calls from his working crews and other officials. Eventually, he bought another cell phone solely to field calls from the press. Everywhere he went, a news crew or TV reporter was stationed poised and ready to ask him what happened and what his plan was. He stayed up for 24 hours that first day, a foreshadowing of how little sleep he would get in the coming weeks.
0: The residents around him were angry, afraid, and devastated. They had no one else to look to. Everyone wanted to know who was to blame and how this possibly could have happened. Did no one realize the wall was about to break? Is there truly nothing that could have been done? Why did no one know that the waste posed such a threat to the human body on contact?
1: Tomás was exhausted and emotionally on edge. He answered their questions, even though he had little more idea than they had.
0: At that point, only those who built the waste reservoir really knew what caused the concrete structure to break. All Tomás knew was that the town's recovery now rested in his hands.
1: The impact of the flood would continue long beyond the initial horrors. But the sudden devastation alone was nearly impossible to comprehend. In particular, the injuries.
0: When injured residents did make it to doctors, the grave nature of their wounds became apparent. They were being closely watched at nearby health centers, Doctors warned the patients and their families that the chemical burns could worsen over time.
1: There was a potential the wounds would continue growing, eating away at tissue for days, even if the injuries seemed relatively harmless at first. Several people died at the hospital from complications. Others were only beginning to reckon with ailments that would take years to heal.
0: And even as Tomas and other officials evacuated people out of town to stay in safe zones, the toxic dangers weren't over. Even once the currents calmed and the flood effectively ran through Devacher, the town was cloaked with dried, cancerous red mud by the end of the day.
1: It not only served as an eerie reminder of the cataclysmic event, but the residue was deadly in and of itself. The dust made breathing a challenge the dangerous effects of the dust particles would only continue to reveal themselves over time.
0: Not long after the flood hit, the outside world learned about the unique ecological nightmare. Reporters from around the globe flew in to bear witness to the flood, and to keep track of the effect it was having on the population and the terrain.
1: Hungary's Minister of the Interior and the Director of the National Directorate General for Disaster Management traveled to Devicere that day to try and control the disaster. They were met by reporters lining the streets, setting up camp in their vans, getting footage of the ooze in every crevice of town, from the broken-down barns to the washed-out backyards.
0: Even after the flood's current died down, The ruins of a town were left in its wake. Sludge flowed in rivulets down the sides of alleyways. Red mud filled in every pothole and sidewalk crevice. A waist-high red mark stained everything the flood had touched.
1: This disaster, dubbed the worst Hungary had ever seen, would put Devecer in the world news spotlight for the first time ever. The flood changed it from a historically-rooted, sleepy village into a synonym for eco-disaster.
0: On the ground, it wasn't hard to tell just how dangerous the sludge would continue to be to humans and the environment alike. The Central Agricultural Office declared a ban on fishing and hunting that night. An official intervention by the chief veterinary officer prohibited sales and use of food or other items that had been contaminated by the sludge.
1: And while Devačer saw the worst of the flood that day, seven more towns were in danger. The toxic mud was continuing to move. Hungarian government spokeswoman Anna Nagy told Reuters that they had declared a state of emergency in the regions around Devačer as well.
0: The aluminum company, Malziert, still wouldn't admit that the sludge was, in fact, toxic. But the burning flesh, the ruined homes, the collapsing structures and overturned cars were tangible evidence of how harmful the red mud was to everything it came across. There was no way to deny what everyone was seeing with their own eyes.
1: And as the red mud spread to the surrounding areas too, a thick ooze covered everything in its path. The flood headed into the valleys and forests surrounding the area, contaminating the water and decimating aquatic life. Wild animals were killed and flora annihilated. Farmland filled with crops would never again be viable.
0: More extensive, widespread cleanup efforts began the next day, at dawn, water management professionals directed firefighters and military troops to pour calcium nitrate and magnesium into the Markal River. They were hoping to prevent pollution of the Danube, or at least neutralize the sludge to make it less toxic.
1: At the same time, on orders from the Central Agricultural Office, workers began to collect and dispose of animal carcasses in the surrounding forests. The Army and the National Public Health and Medical Officer Service came in to assess radiation levels.
0: Not surprisingly, production at Mall Ziert was put to a screeching halt by government order on this day as well. Company officials were responsible for immediate repairs to the waste pond to contain whatever was left of the red mud in its original holding zone.
1: But the fear and damage would continue to spread. Now, Serbia and Bulgaria were beginning to prepare for contamination.
0: Authorities announced that it would take an estimated year to recover any semblance of structure in Devicere, and that would come at the cost of about 10 billion forints, the equivalent of roughly $30 million.
1: And within days, despite efforts to stop it, the toxic flood would be heading towards the Raba and Danube rivers. No one knew where the devastation would end. Thanks for listening to Natural Disasters. Next week, we'll follow the inhabitants of Devicher as they rebuild the town. We'll also follow up on what happened to those responsible for the toxic waste flood during their trial.
0: You can find all episodes of Natural Disasters and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify.
1: Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Natural Disasters, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker.
0: To stream Natural Disasters on Spotify, just open the app and type Natural Disasters in the search bar.
1: And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll see you next time.
0: Natural Disasters was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It's executive produced by Max Cutler. Sound design by Anthony Valsic with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Isabella Way. This episode of Natural Disasters was written by Anna Kira Stinson with writing assistance by Kate Gallagher and stars Tim Johnson and Kate Leonard.